Chapter 1 Varda. So we'll go ahead. I'm on scene at 108 South 17th. We've got uh, light smoke showing from a single story commercial building. Working fire, make it a regular alarm. Engine one up front arrival. Let's, uh, let's see if we can get in. Let's see if there's an FBC in the back before we do anything here. I'll be establishing 17th Street uh, Command. Welcome back to Justifiably Proud Productions. I'm your humble host, Jim Farrell, and I'm excited and glad to be here with everybody today. Today is May 29, 2023. It is Memorial Day 2023, and I'm glad to be back in the saddle here at Justifiably Proud Productions. Um, wanted to take a moment to thank those that paid the ultimate price for our freedoms. Um, I know that uh, I mentioned before that uh, military wasn't wasn't a thing for me, but I truly respect and uh, honor those that that were willing, were and are willing uh, to serve our great nation. And for that, I want to say thank you. And if you would join me quickly in a moment of silence um, for those that have paid the ultimate price. Thank you. Thank you. So for those of you that are just viewing this for the first time, um, we've gone uh, from audio to also adding video. We've added our uh, YouTube channel, Justifiably Proud Productions. And I hope you've enjoyed some of the content that our creators have made, in particular the uh, same circus, different clown stuff. I hope you've enjoyed that, as well as some of the informative stuff like about public fire education and, and fire apparatus anatomy and things of that nature. I hope that you've uh, enjoyed the page, and I hope that this adds something to your career as a first responder, whether you be a uh, uh, a career, career first responder or volunteer uh, or any type of uh, person who helps helps other individuals. Um, haven't been on the show since about April. Was wrapping up college, got that all done, and um, just really focusing on uh, getting that completed. I, I took a I took five classes this last semester. It was two and then three uh, each, like seven or eight week sessions. But still, it was a little time consuming. And so I'm glad to be back. Um, I've enjoyed the people that have reached out about the about the podcast and the show, and uh, I've enjoyed uh, all the nice comments that everybody's had for me. And so we hope to continue to bring bring more stuff like that. We hope with the addition of a video that it'll it'll enhance our show and help uh, help us grow grow the um, the application here. One of the things I've been wanting to talk about lately is about the 16 life safety initiatives that were established by the National Fallen Firefighters Foundation uh, after 9-11. You know, it seems that historically over the years, we've we've always lost like 100 firefighters. Um, and it's always usually due to stuff that could be preventable, heart attacks, um, 
heart disease, vehicle accidents, and situational awareness. And one of the meat and potatoes of this is uh, we're talking about fire department uh, standard operating procedures, you know. And I think that um, with all the distractions that we have of today, the economical impacts, uh, family impacts, you know, um, career issues with career and uh, with your job and how things operate there. Uh, sometimes we lose sight of those initiatives. You know, back in 2001, this was actually established, 2001 or 2002, right after 9-11, it was established. And, you know, our state didn't really adopt it until 2011, 2011, 2010, um, and made it mandatory for all all Texas Commission on Fire Protection firefighters to go through the process and, and learn about the 16 life safety initiatives. And the goal is to make sure that everybody goes home, right? I'm sure everybody across the nation has heard that saying before. And I just think there's some distractions out there nowadays that, that help us distract us from, from making sure that that happens. You know, fortunately, looking at the fortunate or unfortunate, however you want to look at it today, looking at the count, it was 28. We've lost 28 firefighters this year in five months. <clears throat> so we're hoping that keeping awareness about these things is going to bring the trend down, you know, and people doing, doing their part to make sure that everybody goes home. But when we're talking about uh, standard operating procedures, I don't think that a lot of people put a lot of emphasis in it or its importance. Um, many times um, standard operating procedures were established because somebody screwed up. And you look at these and you're like, well, who did that? You know, who was the <laughs> who was the guy that did that to make that an SOP, you know? Uh, being in multiple departments, I've seen several several different versions of SOPs. But the other thing is that uh, a lot of the SOPs are based off standard practice, you know, uh, acceptable practices. Um, what the National Fire Protection Association requires or what your employer, you know, safety standards, uh, OSHA requires, things of that nature. They're in place to make sure we don't we don't hurt ourselves, you know accidentally and that we're aware of our surroundings and all those those things um an example would be when i first got was able to start driving fire apparatus you know when the first couple departments i was in it was it was an undertaking to have to drive to be allowed to drive a vehicle um you had to spend a lot of time behind the wheel you had to spend a lot of time so in missouri we didn't have a specific driver's license to drive a fire apparatus uh, but you had to spend a lot of time behind the wheel and then you had to know how to pump and you had to prove to somebody uh, that you knew what you were doing, you know, and that those people would be willing to take a line in that you were pumping. And it's funny um, that sometimes I, I think to, for the most part, everybody still does that. But nowadays fire trucks are just, you know, it's like, okay, you set the parking brake, you put it in pump, you put it in drive, you know, you you set the parking brake, you put it in neutral, put it in pump, put it in drive, get out, open the tank to pump, open the recircuit. What do they tell you? Pull this line, don't pull any others, and I, I throttle up to this, you know, and we'll tell you if we need more. Well, they don't tell you about, hey, when you're flowing multiple lines, you need to switch your pressure governor over to pressure mode, you know, or a lot of times people are told throttle up in pressure mode, you know, and, in reality, you know, you should throttle up in, throttle, in uh, RPM mode and then switch over to pressure mode. That way it tells the truck, 
rather than hitting pressure mode every time and telling the truck, set it here, 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 set it here. You're telling the truck in RPM mode. And then when you get to your desired pressure, you hit uh, pressure mode and that sets it. And that tells the truck that it needs to try to maintain that pressure. Now you throw in an incoming water supply that's giving you 60 PSI. And, you know, there's just so many things uh, that pumping apparatus uh takes i mean it's one thing to go pump a dumpster fire and it's another thing to to pump a working working structure fire you know and i just think that a lot of times with so quick paced world and all this stuff we have going on that yeah he's good to go or she's good to go you know but really like i remember days in in league city where i mean me and some of the guys would pull the truck out and just flow water and just test different stuff and see how valves worked. And I remember when I got hired in my current department, the chief called me in. He barely knew me. He was retiring, a, you know, a couple couple weeks later, month, couple months later. His recommendation with to me was to climb up, down, and all around these trucks because if if you want to if you want to move up, you need to know how all this stuff works. And I don't know why he told me that, but he told me that, and I took that to heart. And you learn how a, a pressure transducer works, you know, and you learn how the foam system works and all that stuff. It's not just about hitting a button. It's about knowing that what the, what the, what the system is doing to inject foam into your system or, or whatever. And so I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of stuff we take for granted when it comes to SOPs. Now, you think that your first, you, you get, you start off as, let's say you start off as a volunteer firefighter and you make it up the ranks and you start becoming more involved in the administrative side of the department. Uh, you really were first introduced into the administrative side of the fire department when you were handed your, your badge, your shirt, your pager, and your SOPs. You know, that's your first introduction to admin. It tells you what's right and what's wrong, what can be done, what can't be done. Of course, it doesn't tell you for every situation, but it sure sets up a foundation. It sets up a nice foundation for you to make good decisions on the fire ground. You know, if they tell you that you need to put the wheel chocks on, on under the wheels of the minute you get off the truck, well, then you need to do that. You, you, you know, and nowadays everybody needs to know why. Why do we do that? The truck has redundant systems, you know, and all this and that. No, because we're going to do that, you know. We get that it's a redundant system, but we're going to do it. We're going to wear our vests when we step out on the street. We're going to put our cones out. You know, there's nobody around. We're in an open parking lot. Put the cones out. That way, when you when you when you when you're on a serious incident, when when traffic's really bad, you won't even think twice. You'll just know to put the cones out. And I think sometimes we um, take SOPs uh, haphazardly, if you would. Um, the uh, the thing about SOPs is that they're, they should be a living document. You know, every, when I first got in my first department in Missouri, every first meeting of January, we'd sit in the engine bay and we would read those SOPs and rules and regulations for our fire department. And it was meant to instill in us what we could and couldn't do. You know, we knew, we knew that if our grades were poor, uh, we were going to be, we we're going to be out of there. You know, they would, us junior firefighters, they would check on our grades from time to time. Uh, we knew we couldn't use tobacco at the fire station. You know, we knew, uh, you know, all these, all these things. Um, we knew about how to take care of our PPE and when we could ride on the trucks and when we couldn't. And so I am being the type of person that I am. I like to have that structure. I like to have, I, I like to know 
black or white, you know, and I know it's very difficult. And, but, you know, from the SOPs I've seen in my department, they are very clear cut and there is very little gray area, you know, and that's come with years of renewing and consistently looking at, Hey, you know what? We don't have that type of apparatus anymore. Does this need to be in here? Or, Hey, we don't even use, we have built-in pass devices now in our air packs. Do we really need to talk about the old ones that used to, you know, you had to manually turn on and, um, we shouldn't, we shouldn't discount SOPs. Um, I kind of, I kind of, like to think of it as like thermal imaging. When I first got really heavily involved with thermal imaging, you know, everything was either dark or light. And it told me whether it was hot or cold. And nowadays thermal imagers have orange, pink, purple, red, all these colors, you know. And I find it highly unlikely that in the heat of the moment you're going to be able to determine or why you would even care that 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 shade of purple means it's 1200 degrees in here. It's either hot or it's not. And I like to think that way with the SOPs is that, is it black or white, you know, and there's probably stuff in your department that doesn't need to be in there, but there's probably a lot of good stuff that does, you know, and some of it's again, based off best practices. Some of it's based off of national fire protection standards, uh, local ordinances, you know, all that kind of stuff. And when you look at SOPs, it's, it's really the heart of the matter. Um, when I got hired, when you're, when you're a new guy and you have, you work with 120 people, uh, you get to know them, you get to know, it's a lot easier to know everybody growing up the ranks. And now that you're kind of at the top, you're looking down and there's people you don't even, you don't even know their names, you know? And it's, 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 uh, it's sad. But I think that's another reason why we have these types of, of documents, you know, to make sure there's a lot of, there's a lot of firefighters in my work that I know their families that I know, but there's a lot of them that I don't know. And those SOPs and our best practices really uh, make sure that we make sure that everybody goes home, you know, no matter whether we know them or not. But in our department, I'm probably like many of yours is that, we have people retiring so often and we're hiring so often that it's just, it's just hard to keep up with, with who the, who the new people are, you know? And of course, when I got hired, there was 120 firefighters, for example, and now there's 181. So there's a long, a long, a uh, lot more personnel now to manage or to know about. And then of course, when you, when you're focused on your own duties, you just, you're not in the trucks, you're not in the stations. It's kind of more difficult to get to know everybody. But again, the heart of the matter is the SOPs and they make sure that even if I arrive on scene, which is not out of my norm and I take command of a scene that I'm still going to follow those same policies and procedures that those firefighters are going to uh, use when they arrive on scene. So it really sets a foundation and the tone for a good working uh, environment when uh, somebody's having a tough, a tough emergency at their house. So I would like to encourage our listeners and our viewers to think about their SOPs, maybe take a moment to look at them, you know, take a look and see if there's stuff that can be outdated and removed. What I'm, what I'm trying to encourage is to, for people to be active in the process, you know, and like I said, you don't have to be a captain, a, a chief or whatever, assistant chief to, to enforce and to know the SOPs. 
you you get the first day you start. Here's your SOPs. These are the rules. These are what you can do. This is what you can't do. You know, don't be don't be doing this stuff that you can't do. And and it doesn't change as you move move up or spend more time in the department. But uh, FDSOPs are there to make sure. I mean, they're the foundation to make sure that everybody makes it home at the end of at the end of every run. And we owe it to every everybody in our organization to be aware of that. And with the distractions that we have these days, um, I just wanted to share a little bit about that and hope that everybody thinks about that for a little bit. And remember, too, that the SOPs benefit everybody involved. They benefit the, uh, the, uh, the, the firefighters, the staff, the employees. They benefit the organization, the municipality, the county, the ESD, the fire protection district, whatever whatever you work for, an ambulance company. And then they protect the, the resident or the, the civilian, you know. Um, like if you have medical protocols, you know, they tell you exactly how to handle certain situations, you know, at least how to get the ball started until you can get on the horn with medical control if you need to. And everybody's relying on us following those policies and procedures. So with that, I'm going to let y'all go. Thank you for stopping by. I hope you enjoy our new YouTube channel. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Justifiably Proud Productions. And uh, please continue to feel free to reach out and comment. I got Dolly's taking a nap right next to me right now. She didn't want to be in the video today. But hopefully she'll come on next time. And we're going to have some other guests. And uh, take care. Take care of yourselves. And please make sure that everybody goes home. Bye-bye.